You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to the Weekly Web Foot Review. We're excited about the Vegas Bowl, baby. The podcast that keeps you fresh with the latest happenings in the world of Oregon Ducks athletics. Oregon remains an extremely powerful national brand. Freddie and Luke and all the guys going back. Aaron, they've all had a big, big part of this. Now, here's your host. Our guys have done well in our approach, which is win the day. Jordan Schultz. That's right. Welcome to episode one of the weekly Webfoot Review, a new podcast, brand spanking new, taking off the plastic this week. I'm going to be hosting it for SB Nation and Addicted to Quack. It's a weekly inside look at your favorite college team, the Oregon Ducks. Well, they're my favorite college team, and if you're listening, I assume that they're your favorite college team, too. So welcome This is for your enjoyment. This is for all you listeners out there that really just want somewhere to go to know what's happening in Oregon sports, to have that as you're out and about or sitting at home or working out. We'll go in-depth every week into the latest news and happenings surrounding Eugene. This is going to be fun. Talking to some of the greatest guests throughout the year. I've got some connections in this business. I've been in it for a while. I'll, I'll even give you my opinion at times of where the Ducks are headed. And just to be clear, full disclosure, this is mostly going to be covering football and basketball, though if something does happen in any other sport, baseball, softball, volleyball, track, I mean, we're going to cover it. And things do happen big time in all sports on college campuses. Obviously, if you guys remember, Jordan Kent, three-sport athlete for Oregon, ran track, really good runner, Devin Allen ran in the Olympics while he was playing football for the University of Oregon, then decided to hang up his football cleats and go be a sprinter. Good for him. But this is mainly going to be a football and basketball podcast. Just wanted to say that right off the bat. Oregon Ducks football, Oregon Ducks basketball. So once again, ultimately, I I just hope that this becomes a place for all you Duck fans to come and get your fix and feel at home. I've been a Duck fan for a long time, ever ever since I can remember. I remember still when my dad took me to my first Civil War when I was about six years old, and it was when neither team was doing very well back in the mid-'90s. So it's come a long way since then for the University of Oregon, and I am stoked to be doing something that allows fans to come and just enjoy hearing about Oregon sports. Been in the media business for a while as well, so I've gotten up close and personal with the team and definitely have seen a lot of success and a lot of bad years at the University of Oregon. And I'm a guy, full disclosure, that really wants them to win. I'm a fan first, a fan at heart, and I just really want my teams to succeed. I'm a Northwest fan, sports-wise, Blazers diehard Mariners fan. So my allegiance is here in the Pacific Northwest. I'm from Salem, Oregon. I am one of you. And I am here to talk 
about the best and the worst of the Oregon Ducks. This episode, we're going to be getting into a few things. First, the surprising run the Oregon men's basketball team had to the Sweet 16 in the NCAA tournament. Of course, losing to Virginia. Now, they got to figure out what their roster is going to look like going into next year. Lots of questions, a lot of decisions that guys still have to make, and a lot of guys leaving the University of Oregon men's basketball team. So we'll try to figure out how Dana Altman is going to continue the success that he's had for the Ducks. So speaking of decisions to be made, Sabrina Unescu making a huge one, announcing that she's returning to the Ducks for her senior season. Also, spring football in full swing. You know, the Ducks football team been running practices that are leading up to their annual spring football game at Autzen Stadium this Saturday. Main storylines, including Tyler Shuck emerging as a legitimate backup to Justin Herbert. Uh, Braxton Burmeister uh, absolutely gone, left for Virginia Tech. In case anybody didn't hear that, that happened back in January. I didn't learn about that until March. Just full disclosure to Duck fans on that one. So that's one of the main storylines. Tyler Shuck emerging as a legit backup to Justin Herbert. Also, the hiring of Andy Avalos at defensive coordinator, replacing Jim Levitt. Uh, you know, Mario Cristobal says that there's no drama there. It sounds like there's just a difference of philosophies. We're going to talk about all that and where the Ducks are going in the spring game. Also talk about getting to the spring game, what time it's at, how you can watch it. Just a little bit of a service for fans there. And also something that we're going to do every single week here on the weekly Webfoot Review. This week in Ducks history, we're going to look into Oregon's past as we relive some of the most memorable moments in Ducks athletics. Pretty fun. All right, coming up, will they stay or will they go? What will the Ducks men's basketball team look like next year? That's next on the weekly web foot review from SB Nation and AddictedToQuack.com. The weekly web foot review, SB Nation and AddictedToQuack.com. That's right. This is your weekly inside look. At Oregon Ducks Athletics, how you keep up with all the happenings going on around your favorite team and mine, the Oregon Ducks. All right, starting off this round of basketball talk, the Oregon Ducks, uh, first we'll talk about the men and then get to the women, saving the best for last. UNESCO absolutely having uh, just an amazing historical season for Ducks ladies. We'll talk about that here in a second. But first, I did want to say congrats to the Oregon Ducks men getting to the Sweet 16, exceeding expectations. What a season, winning the Pac-12 tourney and then winning 10 games in a row, including the Pac-12 tourney. Bull Bull, gone after nine games, and despite that, Oregon ending up in the national conversation in the NCAA tourney in the college postseason. Now they get ousted by Virginia, but that's okay. Team wasn't supposed to get that far anyways. I feel really bad that... We didn't get it done, and, but I am proud of them for fighting their tails off the last month and overcoming uh, some ups and downs. They did, a, they did a great job. That was Oregon head coach Dana Altman after the loss. So you look at what a great season Oregon men's basketball has had, and you think, well, where do they go from here now? Because well, they got some guys that are getting out of here. Bull Bull already declaring for the NBA draft back in January. <laughs> Playing in nine games for the Ducks, but he did average 21 points. I mean, someone like that, it's hard 
to turn the TV off when they play. Just watching somebody with that athleticism and length and blocking ability and dribbling ability and shooting ability. I mean, he can hit threes. He can do it all. When you're that tall and you can block shots like that and you can hit a smooth jumper, pretty much unstoppable. And that's what we saw and the world saw in just nine games that Bull Bull got to play for Oregon. Literally makes me just so sad to think what could have been this season, but I'll try and forget about that. And you know, when you're that big, you can shoot like Larry Bird, you're going to be one of the top picks in the draft. So of course he's declaring back in January and makes sense that he was going to be a one and done anyways. And not sure I'm a huge fan of the one and done rule, but that's the way that it is right now. I will say, I'll go out on a limb and say, if he were healthy, I still think that the Oregon Ducks would have made the Final Four. With a healthy Bull Bull and the way that Peyton Pritchard and Lewis King were playing at the end of the season, I think that they could have made a decent run. Uh, Yeah, okay, maybe the Elite Eight. But anyways, I'm getting beside myself. So where does Oregon go from here? Will they stay or will they go? Outside of Bull Bull, there are three guys that you got to look at and worry about. Peyton Pritchard said that declaring for the draft is definitely an option after showing what he could do on national television. (laughs) I mean, his final six games, he averaged about 17 points and just under seven assists. What a postseason run for him. Peyton Pritchard, not sure how high he would go in the draft right now, but the nice thing about that is kids can go and look and see, and if they don't get drafted, they can always come back. So the option for Peyton Pritchard is there and still a legitimate option that he might be back at Oregon too. Have until April 22nd to declare for the draft. And as of the taping of this podcast, Peyton Pritchard has not declared for the draft as of yet. Lewis King. His draft stock really rose in the last few games of the season. He put up basically the same numbers as Peyton Pritchard points-wise, about 16 points. Hit a lot of threes. A couple of draft analysts uh, are really starting to talk about Lewis King maybe sneaking into the bottom of the first round. And at that point, is there any reason for you to come back to any team in college, whether it be the Oregon Ducks or the Kentucky Wildcats or the Syracuse Orange, or even the Duke Blue Devils? Obviously not. There's a difference between Zion Williamson going number one and Lewis King going number 31, perhaps, but this is your lifelong goal. You're trying to get that cheddar. So if if Lewis King has that opportunity, I understand why he's leaving. It's not like baseball where, oh, you get drafted in the 35th round. Yeah, you know what? I think I might go back to Stanford for a year, see if I can get a few points added to my batting average, See if some scouts can see me with some better, smoother swings. Then maybe I'll go in the 15th or the 10th round and my signing bonus is higher. Not as many picks in the the NBA draft, obviously. So that's not the way it works. And when you got guys that are now able to go and test the waters and come back, it really, really plays well for the whole system of not just the NBA, but these college basketball players and the teams as well. Last of the three that are really looking at a major option of whether to leave or not. Kenny Wooten, another player who could enter the draft just to see where he's at. He's dropped off the list of top 100 prospects, but he was there earlier this season. 
didn't have the greatest postseason run. If I were a betting man, and I am, I'd say he would be back. I, I would bet the house that I don't own that Kenny Wooten will be back on the Ducks roster. Also, guys that, you know, there are a couple of transfers every year, but guys that are younger and supposed to come back, Will Richardson, Victor Bailey Jr., Miles Norris expected to make a big impact if he returns for his sophomore season next year in the middle. And once again, just to remind podcast listeners, the rules for NCAA basketball players were relaxed a couple of years ago as far as leaving for the NBA draft. Now, instead of facing a deadline, deciding on whether or not they want to stay or go, student-athletes can enter the draft and come back to school if they didn't get chosen. It's that simple. I love that these kids have more control over their destiny. I was talking about baseball a second ago. It is so beneficial to a kid saying, hey, I want to go see where I'm at. And to be able to do that a couple, two, three times well, it actually might give somebody a more legitimate shot at a spot in a pro league than the old system. You, you can't just hamstring a kid and say, you need to stay or go. And up until a couple of years ago, that's what it was. And thankfully, the NCAA has at least recognized that amongst the other major slew of issues that are going on. I mean, once again, the system is starting to change. Uh, by the way, underclassmen have until April 22nd to declare for the draft and can withdraw their name after that until May 29th. I, I should mention that. So maybe they can check in and see if they really would go anywhere or run a couple of workouts with some teams and might come back if it doesn't go well. So as far as the Oregon Ducks men's basketball team next year, it's going to be pretty up in the air. And we're going to have a much clearer picture of what's going on in seven to 10 days. If Peyton Pritchard comes back, then I think that the Ducks are going to compete in the Pac-12, but they need to get on the recruiting trail. Like I said, Lewis King, he's most likely gone. Sources saying he's not enrolled in any classes in Eugene for next year, doesn't even have a place to live there, isn't staying there right now. He is not coming back to the University of Oregon next year. New way. So, got to get out because you're probably going to lose out to Cole Anthony. Uh, rumblings that doesn't sound like that. He is going to be coming to Oregon either. Other choices are going to be UNC, Georgetown, or Notre Dame. But most people are saying it was up between the Tar Heels and the Ducks for him. And, well, I think he's going to the Tar Heels. If I were a betting man... That's what I would say. doesn't sound like the Ducks are going to be getting Cole Anthony either. So, got to turn your attention elsewhere. So, as we play the waiting game regarding Ducks men's basketball, what a season, a historical season for the Oregon ladies. Getting to the Final Four, record overall of 33-5. and five. Sabrina Unescu, what a season she had. And despite losing to Baylor 72-67, to 67, you know, Baylor, great number one seed, and losing to the eventual champions shouldn't really feel too bad if you're a Ducks fan. That should really soften the blow for Ducks fans and the team, in my opinion. I don't think it does, and I'm not sure that Sabrina Unescu feels good about it either. You can definitely hear the pain in her voice 
after that final four loss to Baylor. This is just going to make us more hungry. We got to this stage that our program has never got to. And so I think, you know, learning, um, you know, through this game and, and learning through the, the previous years is just going to get us um, ready to, to want to come back. Speaking of Sabrina Unescu, congratulations, Sabrina, winning the John Wooden Award and announcing that she is going to be coming back for her senior season. Listen to this. I know this is hard. It's a hard decision for you. It's always been your goal to play professionally. Um, but I, I want you to, to do what makes you happy. I'm, I'm going to stand behind you, whatever you do. And then there's kind of just a moment of silence. Um, and I said, I'm staying. And, and that was kind of it. My mom, my brother were crying. I was crying. And uh, I was like, I'm staying. Like, that's what I want to do. What a great basketball player. What a great person. I mean, not just a great basketball player. One of the best to play college basketball. The all-time NCAA leader in triple doubles. Sabrina Unescu, just breaking your own records at this point going through next season. So, you know, she's right. Hopefully, this is motivation for the Ducks, Kelly Graves, Sabrina Unescu, and the rest of the team to come back and get to that championship game and really send the Oregon Ducks women's basketball team into a whole nother universe going forward. It's my hope. Get some eyes on this program here. Need some national championships down in Eugene. Props to both basketball coaches, women's coach Kelly Graves and men's coach Dana Altman. They both locked down contract extensions during the NCAA tournament through 2025-2026. So both Oregon's men's and women's basketball teams good for a long time. When we come back, we're going to talk about three huge storylines surrounding the Ducks spring football game. That's next on the weekly Webfoot Review from SB Nation and AddictedToQuack.com. This is the weekly Webfoot Review from SB Nation and AddictedToQuack.com. Hope you're all enjoying this episode one so far. We've talked a lot of Ducks basketball. Now this final segment is going to be Ducks football and the spring game. So many stories surrounded the Oregon Ducks football program Going 9-4 last season, Mario Cristobal really establishing himself as the leader of this program going forward. And I would say quelling a lot of fans' fears about the stability of the football program. I worried a lot about where it was going after so many coaching changes and what happened with Willie Taggart and just kind of leaving the Ducks high and dry and... After Mario Cristobal was hired, I was still thinking, I kind of want Jim Levitt. I'm not so sure that the Ducks really made the right decision here. Well, guess what? Jim Levitt's gone after the Ducks go 9-4, and four, including that nice red box bowl win and icing on the cake, Justin Herbert returning. <laughs> That's right. Your stud quarterback fans is back for his senior year, and the Ducks get a nice transfer wide receiver, Jawan Johnson, Senior transfer that could replace Dylan Mitchell as the go-to guy for Justin Herbert. 6'4", 230, really tall, looked really good. And some of those highlights from the spring practice that you've kind of seen floating around on YouTube that the Ducks were up in the Portland area for Hillsboro, Oregon. It's a little bit off to the west, about 20 miles or so if you're not from Portland or the Oregon area. But... The Ducks looking really good so far through spring practice on the football field. Add that to every single guy on the offensive line returning, and I am stoked. We have got to savor 
this season as Ducks football fans. And, and guess what? I got to say that this season and the word stability, it really means more than you think. Justin Herbert coming back for the University of Oregon saved the entire program, saved Mario Cristobal's future, saved Oregon Ducks quarterbacks after him year after year because he gave Tyler Shuck that extra year of development. Could you imagine what the Ducks program was going to be like this year if they had to throw a redshirt freshman or sophomore in, just had barely any experience at the quarterback position, or if Braxton Burmeister would have stayed, say Justin Herbert would have gone to the NFL. I mean, you really think that the Ducks would have looked that good next season? You think they would have gotten more than seven or eight wins? Maybe. I don't think so. So Justin Herbert... Staying really saved the stability long-term of the Oregon Ducks program. What a lucky, lucky hand that the Ducks drew there. So, Justin Herbert staying after Mario Cristobal settling in 9-4 and four in that first season with all those questions about the stability in the rearview mirror. What needs to happen in this spring game this weekend to give you confidence as a Ducks fan? Well, for me, here's a couple of things. Need to see good communication between the new defensive coordinator, Andy Avalos, and the rest of the coaches and his team. It's going to be pretty interesting. A scheme change now going from 3-4 to playing both 4-3 and 3-4, just changing it up, changing schemes now on the defensive side for the Oregon Ducks. Jordan Scott saying he loves it during spring ball. I think he's going to enjoy not getting double teamed, going up against some big guys, maybe actually going to have more opportunities for sacks or, or tackles this season, it's going to give the Ducks a lot more options. And Andy Avalos coming in, making those changes in year one over from Boise State after this whole debacle with Jim Levitt, it's going to be extremely interesting to see what happens this weekend during the Ducks spring game or if there's any miscues on the defensive end. I mean, Andy Avalos at the beginning of the spring, here's a clip from him just saying that he wants players to have fun. Obviously, it's going to be a progression throughout spring ball. You know, we have time. We don't need to rush into piling the, you know, schemes and things like that on the players early. We want them to get out there and have fun and fly around and play fast and attack that ball. Sounds like a good philosophy to me from the new Oregon Ducks defensive coordinator. So I want to see good communication between Andy Avalos and the rest of the coaches, his players, and... I don't want to see too many mistakes. A few miscues are normal. You know, a couple of drop passes are going to happen. But actually, drop passes, it's going to be extremely, extremely important for Oregon's wide receivers to look like they are on. Because other than Juwan Johnson, you got Jalen Red coming back as the only guy with more than a couple of hundred yards receiving for Oregon this year. All these guys are young. Brendan Schooler's a senior, but he didn't get his hands on the ball too many times. Outside of Jalen Red, you got Brian Addison. He was going to be stuck in at the slot, the red shirt freshman, until Jawan Johnson came to the Oregon Ducks. And with that, I really do hope that Oregon kind of does more of these running back out routes with C.J. Verdell. Maybe does a couple of double running back sets with Verdell and Cyrus Habibi Likio, the bigger kid. Mario Cristobal says he's looked really good in spring practice this year as well. Travis Dye, really fast kid. I think he could run some nice long routes from the backfield. Give Justin Herbert another option. And Justin Herbert going to get a few tosses, but it's going to be fun to see Tyler Shuck. 
he's actually emerging as the clear backup. And once again, that extra year for Oregon to develop the heir apparent is huge. It's great to see Shuck getting out there and establishing himself as the backup to Justin Herbert this year. Once again, it really not only gives Oregon a chance to have some success and possibly compete for a national championship with Herbert coming back, with all the other guys, it gives Oregon that stability going forward. Switching gears, I did promise a bit of info on the Oregon Ducks spring game. If you did want to attend, it is free. That is right, free to the general public. Of course, you are asked to bring three non-perishable food items. That is going to be a donation to food for Lane County. They'll just kind of collect them at the gates as you go in. You know, with the spring game... I'll be honest, it is such a fun atmosphere. It's such a light atmosphere. They're selling food. They've got the concessions open for you so you can get a soda. You can walk around. They're going to have, it looks like they're going to have the Mashovsky Center at least partly open. The Inflatable Alley is going to be available in the Mashovsky Center. They've got other military-themed activities starting at noon. They've got an Easter egg hunt for children on the HDC practice fields. There's so many cool things going on for this spring football game down at Otz's Stadium this weekend. You know, the Oregon Ducks really know how to throw a great party. And I think there was a time that I went to three or four spring games in a row, and I never got tired of it. I think I'm going to go this weekend just because I don't have much going on, and I would like to see what the Ducks are doing in person. Of course, there is that worry that they're going to show everybody too much of what they're doing and The other teams are watching them. Yes, we know. Everyone's watching everyone right now. So they're not going to be running too many crazy schemes. It's going to be the same play a few times. It's going to (laughs) be different versions of the same play. Probably going to be a very watered-down version of their offense and defense. Although they've already got a lot of work to do. Their season opener against Auburn, August 31st. That is a huge one for Justin Herbert's senior season and all these guys that I'm talking about coming back that are expected to make an impact, I'm sure, are already salivating thinking about that Auburn game. Just excited to see what the Ducks are going to look like right now at this point. And they've got another four months to develop and go through practice this summer into hopefully a special season for the Oregon Ducks football team. Want to see them return to that glory. Get back to a national title game. They've got the talent this year. And we're going to spend a lot of time talking about it throughout the rest of the year. So the spring game, Saturday, April 20th. Kickoff is going to be just after 2 o'clock. It's going to be on TV on Pac-12 Network as well. So get there early. Bring 5 bucks for parking because that's what they're charging. Make sure that you bring some canned goods. Go on in. Bring the family Have a good time. Heck, it's supposed to be hopefully a nicer day this weekend, too. Uh, 60s-plus weather for an April football practice game. Nothing like it with the family out there. So that's what's going on this weekend. The Oregon spring football game, Saturday, April 20th. Kickoff just after 2 and a lot of great activities going on all morning around Austin Stadium there. So you and the family, or you and the significant other, or just you, you and your buddy, will have a lot to do. All right, the last bit of the weekly Webfoot review every single week is going to be reserved for a little bit of Oregon Ducks history. That's right, this week in Ducks history, the Oregon Ducks hired Ernie Kent 
as head basketball coach on April 11th, 1997. His tenure lasted until the 2009-2010 season with the Ducks second to last in the Pac-10 that year, so he was fired. He originally replaced Jerry Green and led some big names of the past at Oregon. Luke Ridnour, Luke Jackson, Fred Jones, Aaron Brooks, Malik Harrison, Marty Lunin, and more. In 02, the Ducks to their first Pac-10 title since 1939. He took five teams to the NCAA tournament at Oregon. Two of those going to the Elite Eight in 02 and 07. And of course, his son Jordan Kent playing in three sports, three-letter athlete, basketball, football, track for the Oregon Ducks. And Ernie himself went on to coach for the Washington State Cougars up until this season when he was recently let go. So that is this week in Ducks history. Do you remember when Ernie Kent was hired as the head men's basketball coach at the University of Oregon back on April 11th, 1997? 22 years ago. Time flies. That's it for episode one of the weekly Webfoot review from SB Nation and Addicted to Quack. Next week, we're going to break down how the spring game went for the Ducks and hopefully have some answers to all those questions about the status of the men's basketball team and who's going to suit up for them next season. I'm Jordan Schultz, the host of the weekly Webfoot review. Please like this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Those algorithms really like those five-star reviews, so please... Once again, this has been the weekly Webfoot review from SB Nation and Addicted to Quack. Talk to you next week, Oregon fans. Go Ducks! The weekly Webfoot review, the podcast.